Welcome to Yoga Chit Chat. I'm Phoebe Schiff, yoga teacher, quantum physics explorer, and beginner slackliner. And I'm Karak Morinaga, yoga teacher, ketogenic dieter, and intermittent faster. Every week, we meet virtually for an informal discussion on a common yoga principle, philosophy, teaching, or theme. This week's topic is the Sanskrit word kula, which loosely translates into community. The word kula is prevalent in the Anusara practice. It's really important to us. There are three sort of pillars of Anusara, and we refer to them lovingly as the three A's of Anusara. And the three A's are attitude, alignment, and action. The attitude of the practice is the philosophy to me. It's the non-dual tantric philosophy that we discuss pretty much every week. And then the alignment of Anusara is the universal principles of alignment, this very elegant system of actions and ways of aligning the body that put the body into optimal form for health and recovery and for strength and expansion. And then the last A is action. And one of the ways I like to think about the action of Anusara is we're acting and interacting with each other. And so community, Kula, becomes very important to Anusara. If you were to ask me to define Anusara Yoga, I would define Anusara as attitude, alignment, and action, the tantric philosophy, the universal principles of alignment, and this importance of community. Why would you say that community is important to a successful yoga practice? Community is important to Anusara Yoga specifically because Anusara is a style of yoga, it's, it's relatively new. I think that it was founded in sometime in the late 90s. I want to say 1997-ish. It's a new style of yoga. It's a modern style of yoga. We do public classes at yoga studios or in gyms. This means that there are many students and maybe one, maybe more teachers, but it's this one-to-many, people gather in groups to do yoga. This was not always true traditionally or historically. In the past, in classical yoga or historically in yoga, yoga was often done one-to-one with a teacher and a student. And then maybe community wasn't as important. And I think that in some styles of yoga, the importance of community is probably played down quite a bit, or maybe it's not important at all. But for the modern yogi, I think that community is important because we're taking class together, we're moving together, we're interacting with each other. Even if that interaction is not directly talking to one another, we've all been in a class where there's like an energy of the class and and you are 
at your best because of the energy of the class. Like the energy of the class lifts you up. If you can't relate to my yoga class example, the other example that I would give is we've all been at a concert or a sporting event where there's this palpable energy of a crowd and everyone gets excited together and it's almost electrifying the community of that audience or that crowd is so powerful. We often experience that maybe not on that big of a level in a yoga class. I think that when we're in community, we connect to one another, we connect our energy and we all can move and grow and expand together. We can all reach for our highest consciousness and be as blissful as possible when we're in community. I think it's often very hard to do a lot of the things that we do in yoga in isolation. So my example for that would be, I have a really hard time doing yoga on my own. If you lock me in a room and tell me to do yoga for an hour and a half, that's really difficult for me. And I'm a yoga teacher. I love yoga, but that's really challenging. I have a much better time and I enjoy myself and time flies if you put me in an hour and a half yoga class with a bunch of fun people. It's interesting because physically you can feel the difference between a room that has one yoga student and 30. At the end of an hour, the room is going to be dramatically warmer because of the heat generated from 30 bodies versus one. And that is a really interesting physical manifestation of of what I believe to be happening energetically as well. There's a, a sort of unified energy that takes place when classes are done in community. From my perspective, there's a level of maybe conscious or unconscious accountability in community. I can definitely relate. I've gotten better at practicing on my own recently. And also there's something really nice about being in class and it can become a negative if you treat it as competition. I think the the more positive way to look at it is accountability. I'm much more likely to, you know, try for that next handstand or try for that next bird of paradise when there's people around me because, I mean, my ego will have me doing it because I want to look a certain way. But I think from a more spiritual perspective, it's, it's also just like wanting to, or feeling supported by the people around. One of the ways I think of Kula is as intentional community as well. So I always kind of take a second when I'm in classes to acknowledge that there's a very particular reason why this group of students are in this room at this very moment. And this experience will never happen again. And that's what's really cool about it is that every class is this intentional community, whether it's two people or 25. And it makes each class this unique experience that you'll you'll never have again. When you say intentional experience, whose intention are you talking about? Does that mean the intention on the part of the students or the intention on the part of the teacher? 
I would say it's the intention of the students. A very specific sequence of events had to transpire in order for a certain group of people to be in a room moving and breathing at the same time. Going all the way back with the students being born and all the way forward to them finding parking and being able to pay for it. That's where it becomes yeah, this, this intentional community of, of people that have, have come together in a way that was orchestrated in various ways. As a teacher, I often feel that some students don't want to be as intentional about the community. They are there just to do their own thing, be on their two by six mat, and not really wanting to interact with the rest of the class. But I do feel that the students who are in the class and are intentional about connecting to others and being part of the class, being in community, I feel like they get a better experience out of the class. The students might argue differently, but I do feel when students participate and are more intentional about Kula, that it enhances their experience. It makes them better students. It engages them more in the practice. You mentioned a couple of things that I really like. Support is a good one. I like to teach classes that are challenging. Four of my classes a week are intermediate advanced classes. And we're trying some pretty challenging things. Handstand, headstand variations, big back bends and arm balances. And some of the things that I ask students to try are very difficult. If they were just doing those things in isolation without the encouragement, without the support of others, I don't think it would be as fun. I don't think that they would be as successful. To connect intentionally to the support is so important. And then the other thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that, I do feel that inspiration, you mentioned that sort of the dark side of of community could be that it leads to competition. But if we can keep it more in the light and see other people doing crazy poses and, and may it inspire us, maybe not even to do the same pose, but may it simply inspire us to try something new, to do something different, to do something that we haven't done before, to take what someone else in the community has done and use that as inspiration for our own practices. Then I think that can be very valuable as part of the Kula. Agreed. And this is a big idea that I've integrated into my manifestation practice off of the mat. So when I am calling something in, for example, at the moment, I want to be published as a writer. I would like to be compensated as a published writer. I don't have it yet. And one of the strategies that I use when I want to work toward a goal like that is to find people who are doing that. And on the mat, it looks like seeing someone doing a pose that maybe you're not strong or flexible enough to do yet. And then in life, it's finding someone, there's this spiritual teacher who uses the term expander, which I really like. It's finding someone who has the, the pose or the goal that you're working toward. And just by you seeing that 
someone else has it, the shadow or dark side of it is jealousy, but the the brighter positive side of it is inspiration. And I think that that's really powerful when you are manifesting or working towards something um, on and off the mat. And that's where community becomes this really powerful tool for the things that we are calling in. We are social beings and we need other people to interact with us and to help us feel whole, to inspire us, to give us ideas for directions that we can take our lives, whether we're talking about in the class doing a yoga pose or we're talking about taking that next step in a stage in life. We're not meant to be in isolation, at least not for very long. We can certainly take time to ourselves and and have a day to ourselves, but we need to interact with people again. It's even a punishment for, for example, inmates is isolation because no matter who you are, no matter how tough you are, being in isolation sucks. It's really horrible. It's, it's a punishment. We're not meant to be isolated. We're meant to, we're meant to be in community really as, as much as possible, I think. It's true. And I know that a lot of social psychologists and, and people who study kind of human habits from a high level attribute a lot of suffering and depression and issues that people have in modern times because we don't process our problems in community like we used to in in earlier days. We often are going into our respective houses and apartments and closing the door and feeling really isolated and separate with what we're going through when we all know on some level that we're going through a different flavor of the same problem. And in some ways, you know, the boundaries that we put up give us that feeling of, of separation, which makes whatever we're going through so much worse when, you know, in earlier times we would process our challenges, whatever we were going through personally or with our families in community. And when you think about it, yoga is a, it's a, when yoga is done in community, it's a place to process your challenges in community. We're all working with the challenges of body, mind, and spirit on our little two by six mats. And there's something comforting if you choose to look at it that way instead of feeling competitive or envious about you know falling out of a pose and also being surrounded by people who are going through the same thing you know i always love that feeling when i'm in down dog and i can see the person behind me in down dog and i'm just like they're going through the same thing you know they're they're going through tight hamstrings or you know one bicep feeling a little bit stronger than an arm and maybe not those exact things, but some flavor of it. And in seeing that I'm reminded I'm not alone. It's so easy today to isolate oneself. Many people work from home. You have at your fingertips, really the whole world through a computer and an internet connection. You don't even have to go outside of your home to shop these days. You can have everything delivered right to your door. 
So isolation has become easier and easier. When students come to my yoga classes, I think that's why it's important to have them interact uh, with each other, even if that interaction is simply breathing together and just hearing each other breathe, moving through the same poses and going through a similar experience, like you're saying, experiencing their legs trembling because they've been held in warrior two a little bit too long or struggling to stay balanced on their hands. And and they all have this communal experience, this shared challenge. And, and we can do that even without making direct eye contact or talking to each other or directly interacting. We can have this group experience, but then on top of that, we can also interact and do poses together. We can spot each other. We can help each other do yoga. We can help each other get better at yoga. And we can do things that we couldn't do without each other. We can do poses and practice things that we couldn't do in isolation. That is one of my absolute favorite parts of teaching and practicing yoga is that we are all equal on the yoga mat in a time where we can feel really divided and different and separate. There is nothing more beautiful to me than as a teacher, just seeing a bunch of students on mats and letting all of the things that they identify with fly out the window as soon as class starts. I remember teaching a class and beforehand I'd you know, connected with and chatted with the students. And there was a surgeon in class, a tattoo artist in class, an unemployed person in class. And I don't remember the job titles of the other couple of people. And it was just so striking to me that as soon as the door closed and I started teaching, that all of those qualifiers were irrelevant. It was just Jeff with the bad knee and whatever the girl's name was with um, the shoulder injury. And with all that, there was just, there's this sense of kind of egalitarianism that I really love. And I think is such a powerful part of yoga. If you allow yourself to really leave all of those qualifiers at the door and just let yourself be part of the community. And in Anusara, sometimes we call it the community of the heart. And and that's where it, to me, becomes such a beautiful idea. I'm so glad you mentioned that. When we're on our yoga mats and we're just in our yoga clothes, you can't really tell what someone's job is or what their socioeconomic status is. Everyone comes to the mat with just their body and their breath. And it brings together such a wide cross section of people with very different ideas and opinions and personalities all into one place. And it's, it's really beautiful when everyone's working together and engaging with each other and having fun. It's one of the reasons that we partner people up occasionally in Anusara yoga, have people help each other do poses. I honestly don't do it enough. I often shy away from it. I'm not really sure why. I sometimes think that students don't want it, and some students don't. They 
it's challenging to touch another person and interact with another person and be responsible for holding another person up while they're upside down in a handstand. Those are all very scary things, but I think it's important to put ourselves in those slightly maybe awkward, scary, different social situations. To me, it's a big part of yoga. It's a big part of the practice. Even if you're the type of person who doesn't like it very much, I think it's important that you go through it. It's yoga is not always about giving everyone exactly what they want. It's more about offering something that could benefit them in ways that they didn't know were possible. The most challenging yoga pose for someone in a class where you offer a partner pose might just be them introducing themselves to the person next to them, sort of defying the boundaries of their mat. And I've definitely been in your class where I've been having a bad day or something and you have cued a partner pose and I'm like, God, not today. I don't want to talk to anyone. Why are you making me like introduce myself and deal with another person? And inevitably, I've always felt better afterwards. And it's one of those things where we put up these walls so much of the time where it's just like, I'm having a problem and no one understands. And then, you know, you help someone into handstand or even just um, doing that forearm to forearm stretch. And it's a reminder that we can do so much on our own and independently and in solitude. And we can go so much farther with the support of someone else, even if it's just someone standing by you and saying, you can do this. And that's where, where community has this really amazing energetic component. And it's, it's the equivalent of I imagine in relationships, you know, whether it be romantic or friendly or teacher and student, whatever it is, I think that a a strong relationship is one where both people are holding space for the other to grow. And so I think of it as, you know, you interlacing your hand and saying, put your foot here to take the next step up and, and to be able to offer that in yoga and in life, in, in any type of community is is really one of our our secret weapons is is being able to to grow collectively. It has not been easy for me. I think in general, left to my own devices, I'm more of a loner. I'm fine being alone and isolating myself. I have to nudge myself a little bit to stay in contact with people and and get together in community. Even in the Anasara world, the Los Angeles community, when I first started teaching Anasara yoga, there were, I counted them the other day, there were at least um, a dozen certified Anasara teachers. And when I received my certification, I was at the bottom of the totem pole, so to speak. And I was fine with that. I love that I could just sit back and let someone else lead. And I could just sort of be on the periphery of the community. I didn't have to be in the heart of it. And that was okay with me. And And I think that every community needs those people too. And, and that's who I was. And now, nine years later, I'm in a position where I am 
asked to or called to lead and guide the Anusara Los Angeles Kula into the future. And that's been really difficult and challenging for me. It's not my natural environment or the way that I would normally move or gravitate towards, but it's so important to, to uphold the community and be a part of it and contribute to it and, and take the, the leadership role that that's going to be best for all of us. And it's, it's been really challenging, but really eye opening and it's helped me grow uh, quite a bit. I think you're raising an interesting point, which is that our roles in community can shift and evolve. I have spoken about this before. I was one of the last people in your public classes to be able to kick up to handstand or so it felt. And so for a long time, I, I mean, I felt like I was handstand roadkill. I'm sure no one else really noticed. Um, But, you know, in that space, I was a a person that was, you know, benefiting from the collective energy of, of everyone being able to kick up and seeing it. And now I'm a teacher that teaches handstand and has a extra soft spot for people who are having a really hard time kicking up. Cause I'm just like, Oh fear. I know that. And I wouldn't be able to kick up to Hanson had it not been for my participation in the community classes and having so many different people offer perspectives and seeing the strategy of, of lots of different people. And so an interesting byproduct of community is that it is a a sort of foundation and support system for our individual growth. And so in there, there's sort of a paradox. When we are together, we independently rise. One of our goals for Yoga Chit Chat is to shift this podcast into a community. It often feels like it's a community of two, just you and me, Phoebe. But we do know that there are, we have listeners out there and we do get to interact with some of you in person, which is amazing. Every time someone tells either one of us that they listened to the podcast and that they enjoyed it, it means so much to both of us. and, And we thank you all for being out there and listening and giving us feedback. We would like to continue that and expand that community and give you all various options to connect with us and to help us grow the yoga chit chat community in whatever form you choose, big or small. Uh, And we have many different ways to connect with us. The, the main way is really to check in with our website. It's www.yogachitchat.com. And that will eventually become the portal for all of our content and ways that you can interact with us. Various pages and tabs will take you to different ways to connect with us. Additionally, we spoke about community being a place where 
we can hold space for one another as we rise. As Carrick and I continue to build, we would be open to receive your financial support through our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash yogachitchat. If you're able to offer us a small monthly donation, it supports us in producing more episodes, more content, and continuing to offer more ways for our digital community to grow with us. And if you have ideas or suggestions, comments, questions, concerns, we're open to all of that. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to interact with you. We'd love to expand the Kula that is Yoga Chit Chat. You can also check out our Instagram at yoga.chit.chat. Send us a DM. We check it quite a bit. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.